Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. That's right, we're back again, doing this thing that we do around twice a week-ish. I'm Jerry, again, uh, and, and Max and Terry are here, and we are joined by another guy. Another guy who hasn't been on this show in a while, but has been doing his own thing lately. Uh, Tom is back, and uh, he's been because he's been off, off gallivanting all over the place doing uh, Toffee Blues <laughs> Extra Show. Max has been showing up with him over there, and they're doing some awesome work over there. And so, uh, you know, we feel a little spoiled having having this. Uh, we're rolling deep today. Tom, how have you been doing, man? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I've missed being on the main show. To be honest, I've missed the. Uh, I've missed. I think it was Paul who was on with me when he, uh, a couple of weeks ago when he said there. Uh, you missed Jerry's soothing tones, soothing American tones. I was like, Do you know what? Me too. We've got, we've got, we've got to love a bit of Jerry. So I'm happy to be back. I'm like, that's a, that's a first. <laughs> With somebody uh, saying soothing tones instead of uh, fingernails on a chalkboard. That's just that's nice. I'll, I'll put that on my CV coming up. Uh, <laughs> Tom, how are you liking doing uh, the the extra show? It's really good, yeah. I'm really enjoying it. It's a good little, um, it's a good little thing to do having my own show. I've never hosted before. I've never thought of myself as a as a natural host. So it was a bit weird affairs, like. But it's just the chat, like it's just like an informal kind of chat with like a another Evertonian. We usually have two of us on it, so it's it's good. Like we've had Max on before. We've had um, Paul. Um, we've had we've had, we've had a few people on it. It's been really good. I'm I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And um, if you haven't given it a watch, definitely go over and give it a watch because it's really good. Uh, enjoying what we're doing it's, it's like similar to what we do on the main show but kind of like a little bit alternative the segments kind of like a little bit different sometimes the stuff we haven't covered on the main show and stuff so yeah i'm enjoying it yeah yeah it's uh it's kind of i like the fact that we're just we're giving uh people even even more options you know we're seeing uh giving even more options for content but additionally even more options of people to be with which they can be connecting because that's the the point right is we're kind of we're connecting with each other as, as blue supporters, but additionally, other people can watch the show and they can be kind of figuring out, okay, I feel the way Max does on this. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they can kind of figure out, you know, okay, Terry, Terry always speaks to me. You know, I feel like everybody has like certain people. And then with, with Jerry, it's like, Jerry, just host, don't give opinions. So, which, you know, <laughs> hey. <laughs> but uh, I, we're psyched to have you back. Tom, I, I always thought you would be a, a very good host. You make people feel comfortable. Oh, nice you know one. what I mean? You know what I mean? It's just you're just uh, you know you're a nice guy. Just like hey, come <laughs> talk to Tom. It's it's no pressure. <laughs> hey, so very cool. Well, uh, so I, I will give a a really clunky plug and say yeah, watch the extra show because they do delve uh, into a little bit diff- different waters than we do here. So please please check out Tom and whoever's joining him, and and if it happens to be Max, well then lucky you. Just saying. So, all right. So, enough of the intro. We're gonna we're gonna wade into the to, to the rest of the show uh, for the for the podcasters who are listening out there because you have to listen to a podcast. Otherwise, how are you podcasting? Um, we're gonna start with a Southampton preview. Uh, we've got a we're playing them this weekend uh, again. Uh, it'll be a little different than the last time because, well, they have a different manager. 
so yeah, I'm, I'm anticipating not as many, well, you know, ridiculous uh, shithouse fouls. Just saying. I'm not, a lot less than that, I would assume. Uh, and then we're going to talk starting 11. Uh, who do we think Mark is going to go with? And then we're going to take it to uh, our expectations for this season. All right. Uh, what's an acceptable finish for this season for Everton, considering the fact that it's a little bit of a rebuild year? Uh, you know, new manager, new players. Uh, what, what do we act? What's fair? What's fair for us to expect? And we're going to finish. I, I I don't think we've done this before, uh, but we are doing a, a, a if you know your history quiz with these three guys. I don't know if we've done a trio quiz before. But it's happening. Price is Right style. I may even drop in some nice Price is Right music to, to open it off. And, and, and I may, behind it, put in a little Spanish flea, you know, just to make it feel even more game showy. All right? And I can't think of that song without think of thinking of Homer singing the words to Little Spanish Flea in The Simpsons. So now that we've had all that out of the way, let's get to the, the content. Why you're here. Southampton preview. Currently, they're 16th on the table with 19 points, 4, 7, and 11. Their last four previous matches, uh, well, they, they recently just, uh, uh, they were 2-2 two two with Darby and lost in a shootout. All right? Waiting. I just want to thank you, Darby. You, I mean, you took them, took them all the way. You know, that's, that's great. Let's get them tired. That's fantastic. Uh, they beat Leicester before that, and before that they drew... With Derby, and then they they drew with Chelsea before that nil nil. So, I'm starting with Tom Terry. Don't get your feelings hurt. Don't you do it. <laughs> All right, we got to start with Tom because it's been so long. Uh, Tom, how do you see this uh, this Southampton match shaping up? Um, they're a much better side than they were definitely since the new managers come in. Uh, Ralph Hasenhutl's come in and he started trying to make them press, which is difficult for a side who aren't used to pressing quite as much or intensely as um, as um, he's making them do so. So the fitness levels are going to have to be uh, really sharp, and he obviously has another preseason with them, so they're um, they're not the most fit, but they're definitely a, a more competent side than they were at the start of the season. And for a manager to pull out um, a team who are pretty deep in the relegation zone and pull them out and make them make them perform like quite a lot better than they were is a big improvement so it won't be an easy game I think we looked at these fixtures like a few weeks ago thinking oh we've got a few decent easy fixtures there the likes of Bournemouth Southampton but they're not easy fixtures and uh, especially for a, for a team of us at the moment um, Southampton have been potentially playing with more momentum than we are at the moment so uh, it will be a difficult one but um, I think if we uh, if we play our cards right I think with that team that we play with um, in the, definitely in the second half we might be able to have a chance against them hopefully away uh, yeah they they've looked like a much more energized squad bringing in that that new manager uh, I I feel like just after they brought him in you immediately heard these like Lookman to sh- to Southampton shouts, and I'm sitting there thinking the people who are saying that maybe don't are not aware of how close he is to getting regular football with us. You know what I mean? And uh, and and now we've seen it. <laughs> I think we're all all in agreement. He's probably going to be in there uh, coming up this weekend. Not to give you spoilers because we do still need to. Uh, that's the next segment. Uh, Terry. Uh, do you see this? Uh, who do you feel like we need to worry about? You know, certain matchups we need to worry about, or is there anything where we're? Is it going to be more like we're taking the game to them and they need to worry more about us? 
No, um, Danny Ings in one word because <laughs> he always against us, and he's we're going to have to score at least two because he is going to score against us if he's playing at the weekend. It's like like Tom said, we, it is coming a really bad time for us this because a couple of weeks ago they were really bad and under a really let's be honest really bad manager Mark Hughes and he brought in this new guy um, who looks to have got a bit of a tune out of them starts to turn them around we still should beat them if you look at our team look at their team our quality should put, take us over the line if all things being normal but often it doesn't work like that in this league we, we you can't bank on the points on paper it just doesn't work like that it's yeah. not it's not top trumps it's it's um it's more complicated than that. So I'd be honestly, we just need to build on that uh, that result against Bournemouth. We need to start getting some away games won now because our home games for the rest of the season are a lot of the top six teams. So we can't just bank on home wins consistently for the rest of the season. I think we may get one or two in there against the top six, but we're gonna have to start beating the lesser sides, the worst sides away from home. And this is a perfect one to do, regardless of new manager. It's not as easy as it would have been, but. It, we we need to win. We need to make a statement by beating these at the weekend. Yeah, these are these are the type of matches that if we are going to get on that path, which we feel like we should be on, uh, we need to be we need to be turning these. It's just we we absolutely have to be. Uh, Max, where are you at on this man? Um, I think it well, it's got the possibility to be a bit of a banana skin. I know. We don't always have the easiest of times when we go down to St Mary's. We, you know, we got stuffed four-one last season, mm. and I think it was we got beat one-nil by a Charlie Austin goal in Martinez's third season, if I'm not wrong. But um, fingers crossed, them um, bottling that two-nil lead against Derby last night. Hopefully, that drains them psychologically, mentally, and they're not as fresh physically as you say coming into this game. Because, you know, like, like Teddy said, on paper, quality, like quality-wise, we, you know. I feel like I say this about a lot of opposition in the bottom half of the table. You know, we should be blowing them away, and these are the games that we should be automatically picking three points up if we are to reach that level where we want to be. Um, fingers crossed, the team that comes out is that team that shows a bit of grit and fight in that second half against Bournemouth because that really pleased me seeing you know players getting into scraps, standing the ground, playing with a little bit of pride, which is something that we've lacked. I feel over the last. Not even going to sugarcoat it. Five years, so I think hopefully that three points against Bournemouth is going to push us on and say, you know what, we can put these teams to bed that are below us and we can press on. Uh, I think we're looking at uh, possible starters: McCarthy in goal. Uh, there's a pretty strong possibility they'll run three centre backs at three at the back: uh, Bednarik, Stevens, and Vestergaard. Uh, then uh, Valeri, Romeu. Hoiberg, uh, Target, and then uh, Redmond, Armstrong, and Ings. Um, immediately, uh, Redmond jumps off the page, if I'm going to say something that Terry didn't say, because t- he already said Ings. And as we know, that's a thing we have to always be aware of. Redmond, Redmond's just a quick guy. And if he's lining up on a certain side, I think that's something we need to be aware of. Scored a fabulous goal last night as well. Mm. So it's, I, I'm really, I'm really hoping they're they're a little bit worn down from that game. I'm, yeah, and I think my prediction indicates that a little bit. Uh, but let's predict, Max, 
What's the score? 1-0 win to Evan. 1-0 win. Terry? 2-1 win to Evan. 2-1. Tom? 2-1 as well, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be a gritty one. It's going to be like, um, it's going to be probably quite a few shots for each, each, each both sides, I think, because um, I think there was quite a few last weekend, like 26 shots in all, something like that, um, attempts. So it's going to be possibly quite gritty, but hopefully we'll come away with, with a win, yeah. I'm a little bold in this prediction. I'm saying 2-0. I'm actually saying that Ings isn't going to score. There might be something wrong with me. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Jinx. Whatever. Just saying. I, I initially wrote down 1-0, and then I thought about the lack of rest for some of their players. And that just, I don't know. Uh, and and, I, and if, as, as you said, Tom, if we roll with a similar lineup, I feel better, you know? So, all right. Anything else on Southampton before we run into our uh, starting 11 segment? Awesome. <laughs> starting 11. Who's, go- who's Marco going to roll with coming up this weekend? Uh, I'm going to start with with Terry this time because off camera he was just complaining so much about not being able to go first last time. He just got used to it, you know? So, Terry, let's go. Roll first, man. What do you got? Uh, I can't see can't see him changing anything. Not with a, a decent decent air result last game. I mean, there is something to be said for potentially going with three at the back um, away from home. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if he did. But at the same time, I think he'll run with the same eleven, and I would do as well. So that'd be Pickford, Coleman, uh, Keane, Zuma, Dina, um, Dusagay, Andre Gomez, um, Gilfie Sigurdsson, um, Adam Luckman on the right, Richarlison up front, and Bernard on the left. I can't see him changing a winning team. Not when he needs to build up a spell of momentum. I think continuity is key for the team at the minute, as it was on our last decent uh, run of games. Gotcha. Max? Um, it's the exact same. 4-2-3-1. Pickford, Coleman, Keane, Zuma, Dina, Gay, Gomez, Luchman, Sigurdsson, Bernard, Richarlson, and I'd probably roll with the, the same tactical approach that he took to. Um, if Richardson starts to look a bit leggy, put DCL on, see if he can carry on his good run of form. Make sure as well that if you're going to bring Walcott on, allow allow Luckman to go over to the left because when he did play on that left hand side in that second half, he was absolutely fantastic. Yep. All right, Tom. Um, probably the same, but the only couple of changes possibly. Um. Like Max just touched on, um, Luckman was better on the left. Um, so maybe you could consider swapping Luckman and Bernard from the start. Uh, Bernard on the right, Luckman on the left is potential maybe, but um, give that a go. But um, the only other one I thought was um, John Joe Kenny wasn't that bad when he came in for the couple of games that he did over Christmas. And Coleman hasn't been that convinced at the moment. So um, I don't think he will, but I wouldn't have I wouldn't complain if he put Kenny in for uh, for Coleman. But apart from that, I think uh, same team as last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I wrote down the same names. I think we all anticipate Marco Roland with the same. Uh, we were similar conversations to the last time we did a starting 11 segment. Uh, Terry mentioned Kenny possibly coming in for Coleman. Uh, and we said, hey, that's a good conversation. But we didn't think it would actually happen. Uh, I wouldn't be against it because I kind of feel like Kenny's a little quicker than Coleman these days. And if you've got, if for some reason Redmond ends up on that side, which if I'm, if I'm Southampton, I would consider it because of the speed mismatch, uh, that actually might be a good call. Um, and, and the possibly, I, I, I personally thought DCL held the ball up more effectively than Richarlison last, last week. Uh, I thought aerially he was a lot stronger it's just hard not to start your leading scorer. You know what I mean? I mean, I feel like Richarlison is a much more uh, clinical player. He gets, he tends to get more opportunities on goal, and he tends to finish them more. So uh, this is it's it, this is both what I would do and what I think would happen. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I'm not even gonna pose the question of whether or not Gay is going to be available. I'm just assuming he is. I know there's talks supposedly happening, whatever. Nothing seems like it's close. So I'm just assuming he's our player and he's going to keep being our player for however long. So anything else that's like in question? I mean... Someone could make an argument for Walcott playing because it's against his uh, former club. I mean, I wouldn't, but uh, some someone might. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think if he plays three at the back, which I think he he might, I wouldn't because of the way the way the Burnley game was, um, and our best away performance of the season. I think he may actually roll with him, Richarlison on the left, Calvert Lewin up front, and Luckman on the right, just to have pure pace on the break. Because obviously, a back three. Speaks to a much more sit and break type of um, for me type of tactics. I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd I'd think he'll stick with the same team, but I just got this little niggle in the back of my mind that he might change it up just because it's an away match and because they're on a little bit of a bounce. I mean, in yeah. the cup game notwithstanding, I think there's something to be said for that, and that might lead to him playing. Couple of players who you wouldn't expect from the start, like Calvert Lewin. I prefer Calvert Lewin coming off the bench a lot as he affects the game so so much more. But I thought that about Luckman as well, and Luckman's now starting to come in and prove himself mm. where they're starting. So maybe Calvert Lewin could do the same thing across the season. Who knows? But um, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? When you come off a win, you don't really want to change anything. So yeah. No, I, I agree with that hundred percent. And I seen someone made the point on Twitter that. Playing Richarlison through the middle takes away all his best attributes. As effectively, he's just playing with his back to goal for the majority of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with it in part because I do feel like you're gonna get the best out of him when he's naturally on that left, and he can pick his head up and he can drive in. But he had quite a, you know, he, he showed he had a promising performance against Bournemouth. I thought he was quite scrappy and quite in, off, off, you know, he was in, in everyone's faces against the back line. So yeah, I agree 100. That may play play into our hands, playing him out wide and Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front, with it being away, an away game, because you'd remember, I think it was Martinez's third season, when we just blitzed them on the counter-attack and we won 3-0 at St Mary's. So, 
yeah, it, I mean, it's a tactic that's proved to work there, but I think we'll roll with what we, we did second half against Bournemouth. Yeah, Richarlison's a weird situation because I feel like he's uh, when he's rolling through the middle, he gets more opportunities to score. And because he's our more, most clinical, like, striking player, you want him to get more opportunities to score. However, he does not win much in the air in terms of, like, uh, he will get out-muscled by center backs all game long. It's just going to happen. Uh, I think his attributes are more on the wing, but I think because of the way our squad is made up, I feel like we don't have a whole lot of other options to run in the middle. You know, I feel like that's where he has to go. Uh, if we end up getting a different striker in at any point in time, I think that's another conversation. If DCL gets more experience and starts scoring every time he comes in the game, that's a different conversation. That changes things as well. I just don't think DCL has – he needs a little bit more culturing, you know, uh, what, what the way what, Lookman has gotten. What, you know? what, yeah, what I would say with Dominic Calvert-Lewin is he, 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 it's almost, you could call it, the Luckman effect, like being used incrementally and you're seeing him churning. Like how long was he on the pitch for against Bournemouth? And that, you know, that finish was absolutely spectacular first time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's being clinical. That's consistency. And, you know, you're starting to see it seep more into his performances as he matures. And I read in an interview with him recently that he considers himself one of the senior players at the club now. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, they are all the right steps and, you know, all the right moves to make in regards to getting yourself in the starting eleven. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that come to fruition over the next couple of weeks. They've got quite physical centre-backs as well, Southampton. I think they've got the, t- the, the tallest player in the Prem. Yeah, he's massive and the other two as well. Like they, they, they're quite a unit to be fair, the three of them together. I think Bednarek's quite tall as well. And yeah, I'm not sure about Stevens, but it's quite a physical back line with them being three of them as well. I think Richarlison might have a little bit of a battle on his hands if he's gonna play against those three big massive um, tanks of a of, of a centre backs, but um, maybe Cavalo might be better in that in that or in terms of an aerial battle, but uh, on the ground, I think Richarlison gets stuck in a little bit more. He's very gritty as a player. He, he loves the Premier League. He's not like a typical Brazilian. He, he, he wants to get stuck in. He wants to uh, really put himself up against these big lads. So uh, it's an interesting choice, but um, I do think he'll be Richarlison over Calvert-Lewin. But uh, he's, there's, definitely a, there's definitely an argument for Calvert-Lewin, de- definitely from an aerial point of view. If they do play three at the back, the, the best way to play against that for anyone is play high and wide so that's where you go right we need Luckman on the ball as much as possible but if they do play three at the back I would genuinely want us to go with that front three that I said of Luckman, Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin rather than Bernard just because that's like the most direct um, pace like attack or Bernard's quick puts in and you can read them every time he gets it. They, all they need to do is just show him onto his left foot and that doesn't nullify him completely, but it, it you know, it's it basically means there's two players on that left hand side who are gonna do the same thing. They're just gonna cross with the left foot because Dean's gonna be there. I wouldn't mind seeing him um, for a game try it this game maybe, but Richarlison on the right with Luckman on the left, not long term, because I don't think Richarlison on the right is going to be as good, but I just like Luckman on that left, because mm-hmm. he's so much, it, it's a shame really, because we've got three players, who, who are all probably their best position is there, yeah. and, but Luckman is just devastating, every time he gets on the left, and he very rarely gets it, because the pecking order seems to be, he's the number th- three choice, for that spot, behind Bernard and Richarlison, and 
as we saw against Bournemouth and we saw it against Man City. As soon as he went on the left, he started giving them all kinds of trouble. Mm. So I'd try that. If, we, if they're going to play three absolute units at, as a back three, then that might be something worth trying. Like, just give them a ton of time of them running all up, stretch them. Man for man. You know, I was thinking, though, when we, when we, you know, Max, you alluded to the fact of, you know, the subbing subbing out, I guess, Bernard and switching Lookman to the left. It almost was as though we had subbed in a new player at that position, as in, like, a to- as somebody off the bench. That's what it felt like. It was an impact. Because he, he did have impact from the right as well. You know what I mean? Like, he actually was our strongest yeah. player and in it, the first half. His defensive, defensive cover's fairly good as well, and I, I think that's mm. something we're taking note of, particularly if you got Redmond up against Coleman. I'm mm. not in the against Seamus Coleman camp by any measures, but I do like it when he got someone on that side that'll help him out with his defensive work. Mm. Totally agree with that. One of the things that, and that's the other thing you lose when Bernard's not in, by the way, too. I have been thoroughly impressed with that guy's defensive work. Mm. I, I, I thought when we signed him, luxury player. Luxury player, skilled. He's gonna he's gonna get you a lot of you know pretty assists, and he 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 gets back. He tracks back often, and I've just I, that's just I love seeing players play the way the way you're supposed to, you know, and not be prima donna have this prima donna type of mentality. Uh, yeah, totally love Bernard after I see him scrapping to get back, and oh man, winning the ball back. That's just awesome. Don't. I just don't see a lot of a lot of little skilled players wanting to get stuck in on defense that that often. Mm. Yeah, love the guy even more now. Uh, so, anything else on the starting eleven segment as far as uh, possible uh, lineups that we haven't discussed? Any other possible subs? All right. So. Uh, oh, one last thing that just occurred to me: if we continue to whip balls in crosses from the sides uh, against three at the back and they're big this may be slamming our head up against the wall again so I'm really hoping that's not the plan <laughs> I just hope we have some other other attack you know anyway all right so I guess that's it for our starting 11 segment versus Southampton <laughs> I feel like we we've all got different expectations of the season. You know, you start start the season. Are you super optimistic? Is that the type of person you you are, or are you one of those people who starts pessimistic from the beginning so that you're sort of just surprised and you don't feel bad about life when when it doesn't live up to your expectations? Um, but we're we're mid season now. We've had a, we've had a taste. We, we understand what Silva's bringing to the table. We understand what the players are bringing to the table. Uh, and we understand what the rest of the squads in the league are bringing to the table. So what is an acceptable finish for this Marco Silva squad in this season? Um, we're we're going to have to lead with Max. Max has not, has not had his time yet. So Max... What's acceptable when you when you look back on this season at the end of the at the end of it in May you say you know what I am well pleased. What's the minimum for you? I've given two series of events in which I, I deem it an acceptable season and 
you can give me feedback if you wish. Firstly, I put seventh place in Wembley, or top half in the FA Cup. Any, Interesting. Did you go over? Because <laughs> how can you argue with that? Mm. I, I mean, it's it, it's holding them to quite lofty standards, but. Uh, that seventh place has just got to be nailed down, in my opinion. I think before we ever consider assaulting the top six, we've we've got to nail down that seventh place. We need to stop slipping between, you know, eleventh and tenth, and battling out between Watford and Bournemouth and Leicester. We need to really separate ourselves from the pack and look like a real challenge. And um, I, I, you know, as I say, in terms of the league, I, I'd take seventh and Wembley. But I, ideally, I, I just want the FA Cup. I say this every, I've said this every year since I've been alive. I've never seen us win a bloody thing. I just want us to see us winning something. So the FA Cup would be lovely. Thanks. So, Max, is Europa League playing into all of that? As in, because clearly, in those circumstances, we would be in Europa League. Yeah. But. I, I, is that I, part of your thought process, or yeah, does it well, matter? I mean, we should be fighting on all frontiers. I, I mean,. And I know, I mean, we've seen, you know, in, how, just how badly it can affect us if we end up getting, you know, Europa League playoffs, how much of a drag that puts on our season. But, as I say, and you know, the revenue difference between us and the top six is absolutely massive. I mean, you know, we need to get maximum exposure as we possibly can. I want to, I want to see us fighting on all frontiers. I want to see us winning the 2019 FA Cup. I want to see us in the Europa League for next year. Because I feel like, in terms of our trajectory and our progression, you know that, that's what the you know the ambition should be. All right, Tom, you want to follow that? <laughs> yeah, um, I feel I feel like the Europa League. Like I love being in the Europa League so much, but I feel scarred by the other season. Um, last season, when we were in it, and we just got absolutely bullied out of it. Um, the worst any. English team ever has and um, it scarred me and it's made me think I don't want to be in the Europa League unless we're like actually like fully ready like we've got a proper like deep mm-hmm. squad and we're fully ready for it because I just feel like that was an embarrassment to the club like let, let us down in front of everyone in Europe like it made it look like a terrible team but um, I don't want that to happen again Again, but I feel like with another summer maybe Brands would have the squad ready but yeah um, I like what Max said in terms of those two possibilities because um it kind of gives us two two chances, kind of in a way, to to get that Europa League qualification if that's what we're aiming for. But I do think we we still are the seventh best um, team in the Premier League, even though we haven't been playing like it in the last few weeks. I think seventh is what we've got to aim for because we aren't as good as the top six, but we are. I think as a team, when we're at our best, obviously you could, you could argue for them uh, the other sides as well. But I think when when even when they're at their best, the likes of Bournemouth, Watford, Leicester, I do think we're the seventh best team in the Premier League, and. Um, even when the other sides are their best, so I do think seventh is what we should aim for, really. Um, if not this this season, I don't think. I suppose it's always going to be a building season, so we're not really looking for somewhere to finish. So it's league position for me this season is massively important because it is silver season of like bedding in, and obviously there's a there's a big gulf between the new players and the players who he's inherited. I think anyway, so um, I do think it's very much a building season. I know everyone's saying work in progress, but that's what it is. And um, 
position in the league isn't massively important for me this season. We'd be in Silver's first in charge. So um, seventh would be great because we are the best, the seventh best team in the Premier League. But um, anything else on a good FA Cup run, I'd be happy with. Hmm. So it seems like your expectations are a little more gentle, a little less iron-fisted than <laughs> than, than Max's. Uh, okay, Terry, where are you at on all this? Um, very similar to what Max said, but f- see, for me, the first step on where we want to go is to put real distance between seventh place, which is us, and everyone behind us. We want to make it so if we want to get to the you know win a title within ten years, if we want to start really looking to crack that top six. We need the very first before we do any of that to make sure it's not a flash in the pan. Have a couple of years at least where everyone, the, the national media here, everyone just starts to talk about the top seven. Top seven. Everyone else is aiming for eighth because the top seven, like they think of the top six now, is spoken for. You're going to get Man United, Man Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Everton. They're the top. They're the top seven. Uh, Tottenham. Sorry, no one's going to crack into that. There's varying levels of quality within that, obviously, but no one's good enough to catch Everton. So eighth is what everyone else aims for every season. They're the seven teams. That said, I think if you got to put, if you wanted me to choose that or the FA Cup. I think the FA Cup goes further because I think the club will kick on at 100 miles an hour if we win a trophy. It'll get that monkey off our back. Europe's massive for me. I want us to be playing in Europe every season, no matter what. I think the club needs European football. I think the club is a European-level team. It always has been. It has been as long as I've supported Everton for the most part. And if you win the FA Cup, you go straight into the Europa League. We are the best Europa League if you like, level team in England. We're the only ones who take it seriously. We're the only ones who treat it like the teams from other countries do, who, you know, really go for it and, you know, enjoy the Europa League. Everyone else doesn't bother with it. Everyone else sees it as a distraction. The only other teams who do well in it are teams who drop out of the Champions League. We, for, Other than that nightmare season, which Tam alluded to, we've always been one of the stronger teams in the competition going into it because everyone goes, a lot of, no one wants to draw Everton whenever they get into the Europa League if we're in it. Now, I would prefer not to do that stupid starting in July, you know, round of qualifiers. But if it's that or no Europe, I, I would take that because it helps on the financial front. It helps on the prestige front for players. It makes us look bigger. And I want us to win that competition. I mean, right yeah. now, we've certainly not got the squad. But the FA Cup, the League Cup and the Europa League, if we consistently qualify for it again, they're winnable cups for the team of our, of our standard. And if we carry on adding players, we've we've been good enough before and not done it. When we, even as recently as um, Martinez's season, when we went out to um, Kiev, should have won that year. We, we we were close to winning it. There's been times when we were with David Moyes and could have won it um, when it was the UEFA Cup. We were just unlucky. One of those three trophies comes to Goodison Park, and you will see a massive change from the supporters, from the perception by everyone else. It's just getting that off our back. So, yeah, seventh needs to be ours and ours alone. No one gets no one gets above seventh, apart from us in the top six. And we need to win a trophy. Acceptable for this season, one or the other. Next season, both or better. All right. Uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you, my 
my reasons are, are not nearly as impassioned or thought out as you guys. Because here's, here's, here's the reason for that, though. Um, I feel like you guys have earned those impassioned responses. You guys have been supporting the club for a really long time. I have not. So for me, I want Europa League however we get it. If it's through FA Cup, badass. That's amazing. That's a trophy. Definitely. All right? Uh, but if it's through 7th, that's more money TV-wise than ninth would be. And honestly, any little bit of money is good for the club because we're just trying to catch. We're just trying to catch people. It's, you know, um, I love the what you were talking about, Terry, about putting the distance between us and other clubs. The other clubs that are scrapping for that 7th through 11th or 12th, you know, there's a, there's a glut there of, of all clubs that are kind of – all putting putting together fairly consistent results. They're consistent in that they, in that they're inconsistent. If that makes sense, Leicester. You know, you could see them. You know, give give a one of the top teams a good a good match, and then they'll lose to somebody you don't expect. Um, Watford will do the same thing. Bournemouth will do the same. A lot of these teams are just. We are in that category right now. West Ham's the same. You know, that's because that's where we're at in the table. Just the way it is. Um, I love the idea of pulling away. Pulling away from that group and getting to to remember we were talking about last time with the, the neutrals perspective of our club. I think that's a way to do it. You know that a trophy consistently getting Europa League. This is the way. This is the way we we start. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I really just want Europa League either way we get it. I I I don't like watching. European football, it just angers me when we're not, when we, when, you know, it, I want to have a dog in the fight. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to sit there and, like, genuinely be caring about those games instead of just saying, oh, wow, there's good football on display here. You know, which is what I would normally be saying. The, the idea of watching those games with passion, oh, my God, totally different experience. And I want that because I feel like the supporters deserve that. They deserve to be able to have that passion. Because you, I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm done. I feel like you guys said everything that needs to be said. All right, um, I'm with you. Yeah, I get all excited hearing you guys talk about this. Yes, I'm like yes. So anyway, <laughs> uh, so let's hope let's hope that uh, that the club that the squad actually uh, makes this happen. Let's hope we we look back on this season. And we say, you know what, that was all right. That was all right. So, okay. Anything else on this, guys? This is a pretty it, – it, it's grown a little longer than expected, but honestly, uh, it's a lot of, you know, strength, a lot of fervor going into this. So it's going to happen. All right. So that is the end of our acceptable finish segment, our expectations. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children in all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Terry, Tom, and Max against each other in a cage match of Toffee's wit and might. Didn't mess that up. So, uh, essentially, this is going to be Price is Right style. That's why you're hearing Price is Right music. 
It's not by chance. It's because it's it's numbers based this time. Uh, but there's not going to be any math. Okay, Max. So you don't have to. I saw that face. You're not going to have to do any division or addition. No. Okay. None of that. Uh, basically, the way this is going to work, gentlemen, is I am going to be telling you a player, give, mentioning a transfer of some sort, and you need to tell me how much that transfer transpired for or for how much it transpired. Hey, that's better. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, essentially, I'll just tell you the transfer, and then we'll go in order. And the first one to three, to get three correct, wins. All right, so I have a nice, you know what, forget it. I was going to flip a coin, but when you've got three people, screw flip, and it's not even a coin, it's a, it's a damn memory card. you got three people, I'm just going to assign this, okay? So I will be super unfair and say, let's see here, alphabetical order. So Tom, that makes you last. I don't know if that gives you an advantage or not, oh, yeah, but... Max, Terry, Tom. All right? And I just proved to the world I know my ABCs. So, Max, you're going to have to be going first every time, buddy. Apologies. All right? All right. So, cue little Spanish flea music. There it is. See, it's hard to tell from the beginning of the song what it is. (laughs) But then it kicks in and you're like, oh, that. Mm -hmm. I heard that on an elevator several times. Yes. You've got to hear Homer's oh, voice. I always think of Homer's version. When yes. <laughs> there was a little Spanish flea. <laughs> it's so good. All right. So. Not a bad impression. It's it's kind of a tough impression. So. <laughs> I I have practiced though. When you when you think you're going to go in comedy, you tend to do that at one point or another. So. All right. So Max, let's start. And everybody else will be answering this as well. So, transfer number one. Phil Jagielka to Everton from Sheffield United. How much was that? Four million pounds. Okay. Terry. Six million pounds. Tom. I'm going to go lower. Go three million. Three million. Correct answer. Six. It's four million. How is it? Max Bain gets Bain. himself one. That's someone. Okay. You know what? You know what? I'll actually I think it's a good idea to rotate who goes first. So this time Terry will go first. Alright? That's fair. Alright. So, Terry. Ramiro Funes Mori to Everton from River Plate. Nine million pounds. Okay. Tom. Am I allowed to say the same? Yeah. yeah. If you'd like. Yeah, I think it's nine million as well. Max. I've got caught in two minds. I've got to say nine, but I, I, I've got my suspicions it might be a little bit higher. Nine point five. Yeah. Was... It, it, it is 9.5. Oh, okay. <laughs> I almost said it. I was. Can I have, can I have a half point for that too? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, here's the here's the weird thing. Since it was all a big t- 
tie there. I, I let's just say that's a you know a wash. All right, all of you said the same thing. Technically, you were under. Technically, you all should get a point. But since you know, let's just not worry about it, right? So next, Tom <coughs> Duncan Ferguson to Newcastle from Everton. I was only a kid then. Oh, I'm so young. Uh, it's it's going to be a guess, this. Complete guess. Um, five million. Max. Three million. Terry. Four million. Trying to play the game, huh? <laughs> Terry shows every week that he has definitely seen the prices right before. However, didn't work this time. Correct answer, eight million. Gee, a bit more than I expected. Oh yeah. Technically, Tom was the closest on that one, without going over, because those are prices right rules, evidently, right? Uh, so technically, if Tom was the closest on that, that's his point. All right. So, next. Gosh, at this rate, guys, I'm gonna run out of transfers. Come on now. All right. No more. No more draws. Uh, Dinyar Beletdinov from Lokomotiv Moscow to Everton. Max. Seven million pounds. Seven million says Maxwell. Terry. 9.8 million pounds. 9.8 million. Tom. Oh, I'm going to go higher. 10. 10. The correct answer is 9 million. Hmm. Terry was the closest, uh, even though he went 0.8 over. Uh, I, I I actually, for a split second, I was like, oh gosh, does Terry know something about that transfer? And I, I didn't get the right information ahead of time from Quizmaster John. But, yeah, 9.8. So, guys, it's a three-way tie. Ones. All right? Next. Uh, so I guess this is uh, Terry's question. Aaron Lennon to Everton from Tottenham. Six million pounds. Six million, says Terry. Tom. Oh. I don't know. I'm going to go a bit higher and go with 12. 12 million. Max... I think Terry's got it. I'm going to say seven, but I think Terry's right, you know. You guys are seriously overestimating the value of Aaron Lennon at that time. <laughs> about four, won't it? 4.5. Yeah. Uh, every yeah. single one of these, I've had two in my head and gone for the wrong one. I've always, <laughs> always got like two. I did it with Jaggy Elke, I did it with Billy Lettenov, and I've done it now with Lennon. I've, always, I've had the right answer as the B option and gone for the A. Uh, Have you ever watched uh, Seinfeld, Terry? Costanza is told to go against his instincts for everything. (laughs) And it it makes his life wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, okay, okay. So, Tom, your question to start. Ashley Williams to Everton from Swansea. Why am I so bad at these? <laughs> Nine mil. Like, you're not so bad. It's two uh. to one to one. <laughs> Relax. So you said, uh, how much you said? Nine? Yeah. Okay. Max? It was the replacement for John Stones. I'm going to say 12 million pounds. 12 million. Okay. Terry? I think nine. I'm going to go with nine as well. And although he went over, he was closer with 12 million. Is that max? 11 million. Yeah, it was 11 million. Yeah. So, max. Two to two to one right now, guys. This is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty even stuff. Next, uh, that was, I believe that was Tom's. So we're back on max. John Haitinga to Everton from Atletico Madrid. Ooh. 5.5 million pounds. 5.5 million. Terry. 5 million pounds. 5 million. Tom. That's a guy with 6 million. And the correct answer is Mr. I'm not so good at this game. <laughs> Six million. <laughs> and it's just been knotted up two to two to two. Ooh, ooh. Tension. I technically only <laughs> I only have two more players left on my list. So technically this next one, if you all draw, then the next one, yeah, would need to be the one. So uh, Terry's question. For, to answer first, uh, Nuno Valente to Everton from Porto. Four million. Four million, says Terence. <laughs> Tomothy, what do you got? I got 1.5. 1.5. Gentlemen, we have a winner. It'll be Teddy. That's where my my money's on Teddy. Shock me, shock me. 1.5 million. Tom, who is lamenting how incapable he is of playing this game. That's very cheap. That's a bargain. (laughs) That's very cheap. Nuno Valente. It's like... Two years after he'd won the Champions League with Porto as well, maybe even like 18 months. It wasn't that long after. Whoa. One and a half mil. <laughs> he played for us, so, you know, a considerable amount of time. All right. And uh, the final player that I had on the list, let's just say it. Uh, James McFadden to Everton from Motherwell. Uh Tom, you wanna you wanna start that one off really quick? This is just for fun. Is that the first time? I think or the second time. Did we sign twice? Um, second time was free and depressing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And we just we just quite desperate. Yeah. Um, two mil. Two mil. Yeah. T- uh, Max. Two point three million. Two point three million. Terry. Three million. 3 million and 
just for good measure. Tom was closer on this one as well. 1.25 million was the original purchase price. Actual retail price of James McFadden, 1.25 million pounds. All right, so sorry that's that's my that's my voice. Yeah, that's my game show host voice. It's, a, it's totally different than my normal one. Tom, you have won. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Tom comes on here. And wins our first trio cage match challenge. Uh, I'd say all these guys knew their history, though. Three to two to two is a pretty, pretty even little match. Uh, Tom, your your golden golden goblet, if you will, is to pick the tune we close with. Tom, what are we closing with? Any song. I've never done this great before. Any song or it doesn't even have to be like a song with words it could just be a tune heck it could be the super mario song if you want it you know what i mean like that's <laughs> it's all it, you the world is your oyster any song ever oh i'm gonna go with a bit of a throwback uh, i'm stuck between two Is that the name of the song? (laughs) (laughs) Go with Also No Tomorrow. Did you say Also No Tomorrow? Orson. That's a belter. Oh, Orson No Tomorrow. Okay. That is a belter. Do I know that? Probably Disco Tune from our generation, that. Yes. I know that song. I know that song very well. You'll know it. Everyone will know when you hear it. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm ex- I'm excited to check this out. Why are you picking that? Because we have to give a little critique. This is how it's legal. It was the last song I had on. So I've, 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 it was in my old gym playlist, and I had my old gym playlist when I, when I was in the shower before, and I was like, it's the first thing came to me. So why is this why is this a great song? It's, it's a belter. It's a belter. like if it was in a movie, what kind of scene would it be? I like asking that question because I'm a film. Goober. I feel like, oh shit. I feel like I should have said Jerry Cinnamon, she's a belter, but have we had that? <laughs> and I thought you were going to say that, you know. Oh, you know I I like, lad, we talked about that song. Oh, no. Like, I should have said that. It was just literally the first thing that came to me out because it was in the shower before. Can I switch to she's a belter? Jerry you Cinnamon. can switch. You can switch. I'm she's switch. a belter. Yeah, she is a belter, Jerry Cinnamon. Well, she's in my. Some people just call it Belzer. Okay, now, answer the question about the movie thing. If this was in a scene from a movie, what kind of scene? Because Terry gave a fantastic, to his last, his, his answer for the last one, I remember. You're talking about the montage, about the geeky girl getting dressed up, and now she's all, like, super hot. So, yeah, what, what about this one? Oh. Scott uh. I'm not very good with movies, but I think Max might be able to help me out with this one. Be a Scottish rave where everyone's on acid. Yeah. Scottish rave. I'll go with uh, the, the, the silent DJ scene in Burniston, which is a great Scottish sketch comedy. Hold on, what did you say? Have you ever heard of Burniston, which is a Scottish sketch comedy on Netflix? No, I am going to check that out now. Okay. It's so underrated. Literally, it's only underrated because they have such thick Scottish accents that you can't barely understand them. Okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. So, 
Very cool. So that's so as we as we roll out to the soothing tunes of She's a Belter, which I which I'm assuming is not soothing at all by the description these guys have given. Uh, it's time to end the Toffee Blues podcast this episode. Uh, the Big Shoe. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, it, please subscribe to us just so it shows up in your feed. You know when, we, when we're dropping new content for you. Uh, leave us a kind review. It says, uh, gosh, I wish you hadn't changed. I wanted to hear Orson know tomorrow. Something like that. You know, kind reviews or, you know, that, that, we, we like that. We need it. It's our, it's our blood. It's our lifeblood. Uh, if you're uh, also, you know, if you get this hankering to see our faces toffee blues youtube channel check us out there uh we we do have faces that's a thing so just brace yourselves before you actually do it um if you want more tom check him out on the toffee blues extra show he can be found there you know he's the host there he's he has guests on there all the time max shows up sometimes yeah if you want to check tom's twitter he'll tell you when and where he's gonna be uh same thing with max they show up places uh, so check out where where their next podcast radio appearance any of that kind of stuff they also do stuff on the toffee blues website so you should just check out the toffee blues website for analysis and all that kind of stuff um also terry you should see his Twitter, because he shows up on the Liverpool Echo Fan Jury, but also look at his Twitter just because he has witty things to say. Uh, last thing, Toffee Blues, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Done with the plugging. Tom has to go uh, sing before a live studio audience, so he's about to go do that. Tom has his interpretive dance, and Max, I'm assuming he's got four more exams today. Guys, that's it. We're, 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 I'm, I'm, out, I'm unplugged. Thanks so much, and bye! No happy endings, unless fairy tales come true. But she looks like a princess, and there's not much else to do. I think I love her. She gets underneath my skin, but I've been stuck a few times, so I don't want no one and no even belter. is a belter She is a belter She is a belter